Hello, welcome to the very first ever Flannel Graph Records podcast. This is episode one. This is a new podcast. From Flannel Graph Records. <laughs> Flannel Graph Records. Who's that talking? That's my co-host this week, Mike Adams. Welcome to the show, Mike. It's great to be here. And you are? I'm Jared Cheek. Great. All right. You're doing great we so got far. That, we got that out of the way. Hey, <coughs> so... We're going to do a podcast. I think it'll be, should it be every week? A major hit? You think it's going to be a major hit? It's going to be a huge hit podcast. Hey, listen, if you can go on on iTunes and rate us, I I mean, give us a one or a five. Nothing in between, please. Uh, If you can't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. That's right. Um, So yeah, it's a podcast. We're going to talk about Flannel Graph Records releases from yesteryear, today, and the future. We'll talk to people involved with the label or not involved with the label. It's just going to be a... You know in American Graffiti where the pharaohs go into that arcade? And they're like going to steal the quarters and stuff? Oh, of course. And the guy is like, uh, hey, we're just going to have some fun. And the owner's like, this whole place is for fun. Yeah. This, is, this whole podcast is just for fun. <laughs> I can feel it already. Uh... In the intro there, we heard Jetta Girl, Jetta Girl by Junior High, the instrumental version of Jetta Girl from the upcoming Flannel Graph release, Taste Judge Instrumentals from Junior High, FGRO76, coming out October 25th, 2016. Can I give my review of that record? <clears throat> yeah. We were building a shed in my backyard over Labor Day weekend, you and I. Mm-hmm. Best and, day of my uh, life. Yeah, mine too. Partly because you put that record on, and I hadn't heard it yet. Oh, yeah. And I thought it was wonderful. Yeah. And that's just the instrumental version. They released themselves the actual album with the vocals, which you should listen to. I just really like instrumentals, so I was like, hey, guys, how about I put out this instrumental version of this? And they were like, sure, whatever, dude. Whatever strange guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's Josh Autumn. Who we released um, Weekend Forecast EP. Oh, yeah. And uh, Michael Deekers is the other guy in that duo. Frank Lenz from all your favorite bands. And Eli Thompson also played on a few tracks of that. Mixed by Yuki Matthews. Wow, that's quite a... also released uh, a 12-inch record from. That's quite a gang of uh, top-notch <clears throat> dudes. Top of the pops. Yeah. We got some questions from the internet... I asked, hey, internet, do you have any questions for our first podcast? And I checked right before we started. Someone was asking if there's going to be a new Prayer Breakfast record, which is a band that involved you, me, Mike Dixon, Dave Segedy, Justin Vollmer. I bumped into Dave on the street today, in fact. Did he... And someone asked about this record. Really? So uh, this seems like divine intervention. Yeah. I think. Well... I also saw Justin on Sunday. That is the Lord's Day, even. Yeah. I, so. I sounded like uh, Snagglepuss there. <laughs> even. Heavens to Megatron. <laughs> I feel like people don't know about Snagglepuss. I mentioned Snagglepuss the other day to someone. They just looked at me like I was a... <laughs> now like I, I sound like a... Muttley. <laughs> What's going on with me? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> M- Mutley and uh, Dastardly? Yeah, Dick Dastardly. Dick Dastardly. These millennials don't know about Snagglepuss. 
We need to change Or Muttley. We need to make tracks <clears throat> of the Hanna-Barbera cartoon universe and just pass them out on the street yeah. corner. Make those red hats that say make Snagglepuss a household name again. <laughs> make Snagglepuss again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there is a new Prayer Breakfast EP re- almost finished yeah, that I- we started six years ago. <clears throat> is that right? Six years ago I now. think so. Yeah, I think... Some, uh... That was a text message. Ignore that. <laughs> Katie Hakes texts me. That's She's the cousin of Johnny B. Bad, Mark Marrow. What? The wrestler. Oh. That's true. She asks, do I like the get-up kids? I don't know if this is a question for the podcast or just for me, <laughs> but the answer is yes. Mostly something to write home about. Uh... And On The Wire, which are the ones I listen to the most. How about you, Mike? I liked half of <coughs> On The Wire. That's actually probably what I'd say. I thought half of it was good and half of it was awful. I like all of something to write home about and maybe a handful yeah. of songs from On The Wire. All right, so that's going to come out, a new Prayer Breakfast EP. When? Do you know? Cause it, okay, so here's the true story of that Prayer yeah. Breakfast EP. On Halloween night... Six years ago. No, 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 no. Oh, no, that was the that, that was, was the, the first album. So when did to, to come out? Oh, right, that was ten years ago. This was like just some day. So this was just six one one day six years ago. We got together at my place, all five of us. Two Start, days. Two day session. We had a two day session. I, I turns out I don't know how the story goes. <laughs> I may or may not have been there. Uh, we started making this new prayer breakfast record. Recorded four brand new tunes, mm-hmm. and then we just stopped. We stopped short. Yeah, the yeah. Who knows what happened? You know, there's a lot of things that you know. Life gets in the way of these things yeah. sometimes, and it just got put on the shelf for five years, and then recently Jared and I dug it up again and uh, recorded some guitar tracks and recorded. Uh, Mike came over. Everybody came over. Actually, we recorded some vocals. Oh yeah. Um, and it's it's darn near finished. Yeah, I think it might actually be finished. <coughs> Things might get changed, but it might just be done. What? What? We need to talk to Dixroyd and see. He he was gonna maybe re-record something, maybe okay. not. We need to talk to, talk to Dixroyd. We'll figure that out. So the the two of you who have been clamoring for this, <laughs> we really owe it wish. to ourselves and to the world to get this thing out. Yeah, but lots of surprise releases coming up. Um, so, but, but prayer breakfast is not on the release schedule. Actually, <laughs> no, it could be another five years. The only literally. thing officially on the release schedule is the junior high instrumentals. It's available for pre-order digitally or on cassette. There are fifty cassettes that were manufactured at the plant. There's thirty-one available still. Reggie Miller's number, uh, brother of maybe the greatest basketball player of all time. But we'll never know. Yeah. This first podcast, we're going to keep it pretty short. Uh, just going to introduce the world to the Plano Graph Records podcast. Mike, I'd like to thank you for joining me this week. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, Anytime. You have a new album out on Joyful Noise Records. I do. Joyful Noise Recordings, Casino Drone. Yeah. How do people buy that? <laughs> do they? <laughs> I don't know. How can uh, they buy that? They, if they really want to buy it, they can go to joyfulnoiserecordings.com. Yeah. And check out Casino Drone. You can also go to mikeadams.info. Mikeadams.info. And there's all kinds of links. <clears throat> you can stream the record for free from there. There are links. Hey, I think one thing you should mention before yes. we go. Um, 
is you should mention your new uh, web presence, the new Flannel Graph Records web presence. You are not going to believe this, but I was just about to do that. <laughs> Great. Well, we still have flannelgraphrecords.com, but now it just goes... You, you didn't have to wrangle it away from a domain squatter? Nope. I'm the squatter, baby. And it now goes straight to our Bandcamp site where you can stream all of the releases, purchase them digitally, physically, both, however you want to. Um, so yeah, take a second. There's lots of things to listen to. Just go listen to something. And if you like it, you can buy it. If you don't, who cares? <laughs> Yeah, okay. Who cares? <laughs> just kidding, we care. Um, if you don't like it, just scram. <laughs> just go to some other URL. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> hey, but thanks for listening to this pilot episode. My thoughts of this first episode is it's going to kind of be like uh, like that first episode of The Simpsons, where everything's weird and not <laughs> like it ends up being. And Homer's <laughs> drawn weird with a weird voice. And then once we're in this, this, I'm in the swing of things with episode 5,000, it'll be like, oh, so this first are, episode's weird. Are you Homer, or am I Homer, or is the whole podcast Homer? The whole podcast is Homer. Um, the whole podcast is Homer. Great, I get it. <laughs> hey, at this time, we're going to go to a special Flannelgraph Records podcast exclusive interview Doing. with half of... The comedy duo <coughs> responsible for FGR 042, the vinyl edition of Rock, Rod, and Rule by Sharpling and Worcester, uh, sat down and talked to John Worcester when he was in town. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a famous drummer he's and famous comedian. There's, there aren't many drummers in rock music. There's like John Worcester is in a lot of bands. Dave Grohl. Kenny Aronoff. Um, yeah. Um, the lady who drums with Kid Rock. Oh, yeah. Um... I think Ringo's kid and John Bonham's kid, but I think that's all the drummers. And they just like each take a few bands yeah. at the beginning of the year to decide which, which bands they're going to drum for. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so one of those drummers, John Worcester, sat down. We had a nice chat. He's a nice, nice guy. Before you cut to the interview, yeah. can I tell you a quick story? Please. Uh, I one time met John Worcester on the street mm. in Austin, Texas. Oh, yes. This was about three years ago. You were you were drumming for Tamar? Yeah, I was. I was. It was at South by Southwest, and uh, I was wearing the same shirt that I'm wearing right now when I bumped into him on the street. That can't be true. It's a fact. There's a photograph to prove it. Wow, this very same shirt. And this was not planned. Uh, me bumping into him was not planned, and me wearing this, this shirt right yeah, now. Yeah, and us talking about that, isn't it? Yeah, it's that, all. That, it's this weird thing I keep telling yeah. you about, like with prayer breakfast. It's this yeah. weird divine. Means uh, something. Providence, you know. What? Speaking of meaning things, what's the deal with that big pile of mashed potatoes on the table behind you? Uh, oh, don't like don't worry about that. That's just a sculpture I'm working on. Okay. All right. I won't worry about that. Hey, let's go to my talk with John Worcester, uh, and we'll be right back after that. Welcome back to the first ever Flannel Graph Records podcast. I'm here with a very special guest, legendary drummer, comedian, and more, John Worcester. Welcome, John. Good to be here. This is the first episode? It's the first episode. How exciting is that? I, it's very exciting. I've been meaning to do this, 
and I saw that old John Worcester was going to be in town, and I thought, well, this would be a good reason to go ahead and start doing this. Yes. And here you are. Thank oh. you. You're a busy man, but you came into the studio, and we appreciate your time. I walked the two blocks to get here, <laughs> and I walked right past it. I, I actually can't follow directions. I was waiting in the lobby and I was looking <laughs> through the glass and I saw you just walk straight by without even slowing down. But we caught you. Uh, you appear on a flannel graph release, FGR 042, in the form of the vinyl edition of Rock, Rod, and Rule. The thrill of a lifetime for me to release that. It's the best selling flannel graph release. So we could talk about that real quick, if you don't mind. I was going to make a joke about it being the best-selling flannel graph release, having not... I didn't even know that it, until just now. It really is. I thought it couldn't be. It, wow. It is, yeah. And it's the best one, too. It's the best one, <laughs> and sometimes it works out that the best thing is the most popular and sells the most. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so that was a phone call. It was never meant to be put on a record originally. Not really, no. Um, at least not a vinyl record, but... Um, it was a call to Tom Sharpling's pre-best show, WFMU show, correct? Yes. I don't think it had a name at that point. Yeah. It might have been the Tom Sharpling show. Now, was that the first call that you made to his show as a character, or...? It was actually the second. Second, okay. But, but the first one, the first one, I think, there's a, part of the, there's a part of the first one on the big box set that we put out uh, a year or so ago. The but, best of the best show on yes. Numero Group. 16 CDs and a bonus four-hour chunk on a USB drive. Yeah, it's great. More you could, more than you could ever need. Highly recommended. Uh, but the first real call was was Rock, Rotten, Rule, and I think that was in November of 1997. Um, and the concept was I was calling in to promote this rock reference book that I had written called Rock, Comma, Rot, and Rule. You being Ronald Thomas Clontel. That was the character's name who I who I was calling under. Uh, basically just a completely misguided uh, attempt at ranking all kinds of artists and that they would fall under the Rock, Rot, or Rule heading. And uh, Tom and I talked for... Several minutes, and then we took we took calls, which we didn't anticipate doing really, and that's when the thing kind of just blew up. People were furious that that this guy was saying madness invented ska, and David Bowie rotted because he had too many changes. It, it ended up being our generation's War of the Worlds, more or less. Pretty much, yeah. Everybody yeah. freaked out. <laughs> I've never heard it called that, but I same thing. I accept that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it, but Tom or someone happened to have taped it to a cassette tape originally. Right? Yes. Yeah, it was uh, recorded on, on a cassette, and um, we would give it out to touring rock bands. So we, we had cassettes of this thing being made probably within four or five months or so. So we'd give them to bands. We gave them to uh, Guided by Voices. They were a, a very early supporter of it, Robert Pollard. Uh, Brit and Spoon, those guys liked it. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Sleater Kinney, uh, David Bazan, I think, was one of the very first to really get get into it. And oh, cool. so, so, and bands would just kind of trade these th- this tape, and you know, you would trade Rock, Rotten, Rule for the um, the Greg Tur- Turkington stuff. Oh yeah, you know, uh, I've, I'm in your band and uh, High Jinks, that that sort of stuff. So cancel it, it. cancel it. Neil Hamburger's in town. So then it was 
eventually mastered by the legendary Chris Stamey. <laughs> How'd that come about? It was. Um, we had. It was funny. It, this was at the time when we knew we were going to put it out on, on a CD, but we only had these cassettes of it. So we, I took it to this guy named John Plymel, who makes uh, records in Chapel Hill. And oddly enough, this is a little bit of a side road. Super Chunk, the band I pl- have been in forever, made a record here in Bloomington uh, in 1997. Seven. I have it in my notes. You do? When you said John Plymel, okay. I was just thinking about that. And, yeah. and uh, John Plymel was the producer. Or was he? He was. He might have been the engineer, engineer? Okay, and engineer. Brian Paulson, who did the first Wilco and Sunvolt records and the final Uncle Tupelo record, he was the producer. That's the, my memory of this. And so, anyway, took it, took the Rock Rotten Roll cassettes to John Plymel, and he dumped them onto a two, onto a uh, a quarter inch tape, and we sat there for an entire <laughs> night editing this thing on tape. You know, now wow. of course you would do it on a software program like Pro Tools, but sure. he was cut, cutting it all by tape. And, um, That's awesome. I think we have a, a photo of the, the tape in the, in, in the uh, coffee table book that accompanies oh, yeah. the, the box set. But uh, then we took it to Chris Stamey, who I didn't really have much of a relationship with at that point. I think I played on a session or two that he had produced. But he was living down there. He was living in, in Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill. I took Hill. it over, and he just loved it. And he wanted to do a... a um, a song based on on samples from it, like he wanted to put a little beat uh, down and and have have like little catchphrases from okay. the thing pop up, which we never did. <laughs> but uh, and then he mastered uh, our follow up called Chain Fights, and he loved that too. So that that that's uh, that's uh, that was always very special to me that Chris Damey yeah, that's so cool. got a kick out of it. I noticed that uh, you were on Seth Meyers last couple few weeks ago, yes, sitting in on drums, yes. Going back to best show calls. Henry Winkler was on there. He was. Who played the Fonz. Yes. Who was based on the Gorge. Yes. Did you, uh, did you confront him? About- I, I didn't get to meet him, but okay. oddly enough, someone else did confront him a few years before. Um, oh, okay. And it's on YouTube, I think. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm forgetting this person's name. Um, anyway, he was, he worked for the Joy Behar show. Oh. And... He w- did what they call exit interviews, where you would I- you would interview the, the the celebrity who was a couch guest as they were leaving to just get them to say something to the camera. I think Howard Stern oh, does okay. that too. Sure. And um, so this person would film these things, and he was a, a fan of Tom and I, and he just starts asking Henry Winkler about the gorge. And Henry Winkler says, I, I, I don't know who you are, Mr. Gorch, but I think I'm sure you're great. And uh, he, he was very complimentary about uh, this, this thing not... that he doesn't know exists. So it's on YouTube. I think it is, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll check that out. So you mentioned recording in Bloomington. Do you have any memories of your time in Bloomington? Um, it's been a while. It was a while, and we... Um, the record was pretty uneventful to make. I remember that. We did it at Mike Wanchick's. One, one Studio and he was and he I don't think he still is he was the guitar player for John Mellencamp oddly enough the band I was in before Superchunk featured the guy that would go on to become the lead guitar player in John Mellencamp's band and still is as far as I know oh, Andy wow. York interesting yes anyway huh. um, I remember playing here I remember playing a place called the Second Story yeah and uh, R.I.P. Y- yes uh, with Superchunk and with uh, I think this band I played in Marah, we played here. And um, 
there's a funny story of um, my first time here was with Super Chunk, 1991, and we played the is it the Bluebird? The Bluebird. The yes. Bluebird. Yes. And we walked in to load our stuff in that uh, day, and it would have been October of 91. And there was a band that was rehearsing, not on stage, but on the floor uh-huh. of the club. And they, were, and they could not have been more fratty. Like, they were frat guys. That's what they sure, looked like. Yeah. And they were playing Smells Like Teen Spirit. So it was this right... 91. Yes. Yeah, so, so it, it oh, was wow. just... I think that record came out in September, maybe. Okay. And um, wow. so that was like, wow, that thing is making it to these guys. Yeah. And I just remember feeling like... A kind of turn at that moment, so that's my big memory. And I made a mistake that night during a song called "The Bread Man." Oh, I still remember. You remember a mistake? I remember the mistakes. Twenty. I remember all of them. Twenty-five years yep. ago. Yep. I think it's when the Mountain Goats first. That when he first started doing the Mountain Goats, that ninety-one also. I think maybe a little later than that. Okay. But it was in the early mid nineties. Yeah. Well, speaking of the Mountain Goats, you're in town playing with the Mountain Goats. Yep. You play in the Mountain Goats. You play with Bob Mould. You just got done with a tour with him. You play on those records as mm-hmm. well. Super Chunk. Mm-hmm. So how much time are you actually at home? I'm not home much. Yeah. I, I'm never home for more than two weeks at a time. And things always come up, which, mm-hmm. is, which is great. Um, yeah. That's what I, I, I really like. Like We'll have things with Bob and Mountain Goats and some Super Chunk stuff scheduled. And Tom and I will always do, you know, try to do our, our calls as much as I, I can. Um, and, uh, and yeah, because you're doing calls on Tuesday nights when you have shows. So. Yeah, it's, it's gotten harder because yeah. it used to be the bands I would play in would go on later. You know, we'd go we'd we'd go on at ten thirty or something, so that would mm-hmm. give me some time to call. But now every band goes on at nine, and so you're pretty uh, much yeah. tied up until when the show's over. And I, I tried okay. to call two nights ago. And I just something came up that moment where I couldn't actually call, so I didn't. Mm-hmm. I wasn't able to call. But I try to. When I'm home, I uh, we try to do very involved calls that require a lot of writing, so, yeah. so we can get get some good ones in. They're great. It's it's crazy how great they still are. After all, like consistent, just oh, how, how consistently great they've been for all these years. We're all huge fans. Thank you. You guys are doing great work. Well, th- things always come up. That's why. Yeah. I kind of don't want to stop touring because every day is some insane event or person you you come across or sign mm-hmm. and it's it's all fodder for calls all of it well I'll let you get to your show i have a few quick I can go a little more okay i can go a little more yep well here's a few quick questions okay favorite road snack when you're on the road gas station you have to get a snack what what, what snack do you get and what drink do you get i tr- i try to be good that's it's really hard like t- today i was so disgusted with myself i bought some skittles but i ate half of, half of them uh and I'll, do, I'll, I'll every once in a while I'll get one of those strawberry shortcake popsicles. Oh, with the little crumblies oh, on it. I love it. Yeah. yeah those are good. Um, drink. I don't really do do like sodas or anything. I'll I'll, mm. I'll just I, I like Fiji water. It's a I good like water. Fiji water, and I like San Pellegrino uh, sparkling water with lime in. I'm I'm really tricked by uh, packaging and like mm-hmm. those Fiji waters. I just they look great. They look great. I you know, know it's just all waters. It's water. Square but, bottle. Yeah. A very exotic. Yeah, yeah, it's worth the extra. <laughs> <laughs> favorite Ramones record. Ooh, this is a, this is a toughie. My favorite sounding Ramones record, Road to Ruin, mm-hmm. which I apparently just came out 
35 years ago yesterday, I believe. That's what it was. Uh, my favorite record song-wise, this is very controversial, is Pleasant Dreams. 1981. Yeah. Pretty much forgotten, but I, I love... That's a good one. I love the pop Ramones. Yeah. And I think that's their best pop album. I'm draw- is, is Howling at the Moon on that? No, that's one of my favorite songs of theirs. That's yeah. on... Um, uh, too tough to die. I have a fu- I have a funny story about that. I uh, okay. the, the the guitar solo on that is one of my favorite guitar solos. And it's it's like a yeah. kind of surfy, like a two note thing. I went to a Ramones in store in 1989. I think it, it would have been CJ's first tour. And where what's it was in Winston Salem, North Carolina. And I was getting stuff signed, and I said to Johnny, "I my your solo on." Howling at the Moon is my favorite guitar solo, and he, he was just like, I, like, <laughs> what? And, and then Marky said, Howl, uh, Howling at the Moon, he likes that solo. <laughs> and it's still he still didn't really say anything. And then years later, of course, you find out that pretty much any single note thing on a Ramones record is either Ed Stasium or uh, whoever, uh, Walter Lure from the Heartbreakers uh, okay. playing some stuff, and or, or Daniel Ray. So... <laughs> I think Ed Stasium played it, so. Right. Oh, that's a great story. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite movies? I love the first three Albert Brooks movies. Oh, okay. um, Real Life, Modern Romance, and uh, uh, Lost in America. Yeah, I uh, just, I, they're on Netflix yeah. now, so I've yep. been catching up on those. I love those. I love um, The Exorcist 3. Oh, I haven't seen that it's, one. It, you would have no reason to know it. Like, it's uh, yeah. George C. Scott, and it, it's it's kind of funny. Like it's very dry humor, and it's incredibly scary without being at all gory or bloody. And I don't like scary stuff at all, but this one mm-hmm. somehow connected with me. Okay, um, check that out. I've, what's this? What's the second one like? I've never seen it. Oh. It's apparently <laughs> terrible. Okay, apparently really bad. <laughs> Favorite pizza toppings? None. I like, I like a good amount of sauce, uh-huh. a little bit of cheese, some basil. That's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah. I don't like a lot of cheese. I hate mushrooms. I hate olives. Yeah, olives are not good. Um, I kind of like white pizza a little bit. I like pesto pizza. Yeah. I just don't like a lot of stuff on it. Yeah. All right. Not my scene. Well, I think that'll do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, John Worcester. Thank you. Keep buying that record, guys. Yeah. I need a new... We It's a one-time skidoo. pressing. We have a few left, but once they're gone, they're gone forever, just like the Gortz shirts. That's right. And be able now. Go to Stereolaughs.com. L-A-F-F-S. That's right. Like Stereo Lab and the way you spell laughs with two Fs mixed together. Uh, JohnWorcester.com is not... You know what I did? I, I tried to buy it, oh. and then someone already has it, of course, because there's there like can't a, be more like than a, yeah. one of J-O-N Worcester out there. I did buy JohnWorcester.net, which I have not done anything with. Okay. So you can go to SharplingandWorcester.com. That's right. S-C-H-A-R-P-L-I-N-G. Go to Discogs.com, look at every record John has played on, and listen to those. That's right. All right. Van, Van Halen 2. Van Halen 2. My best work. Check out Van Halen 2 and The Exorcist 3. All right, thanks again, John. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
talk with John Worcester from Super Chunk, the Mountain Goats, Bob Mould, Katy Perry, Charlie Daniels Band. He's drummed for all, all the stars of rock and roll and other kinds of music. Mike, I'd like to thank you for joining me as co-host this week. It's my pleasure. We'd to love be to have here. you back sometime. Oh, I, I'll definitely think about it. Uh, if you like this podcast, great. Thanks for listening. And if not, uh, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> who cares? That's right. No, uh, I I care if you don't like it. I'd be I'd be sorry to waste your time with this dumb podcast. <laughs> hey, but seriously, uh, <laughs> thanks for bearing with me on this first episode. We'll get better. Hey, you can't did- get any worse. I- hey, go to flanelgraphrecords.com. Check it out. We'd appreciate it. What were you saying, Mike? I think you've done a fine job. I think you're a wonderful person. Oh, thanks, Mike. I, I feel the same way about you. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Oh, I need a tagline to end the show with. Mm-hmm, you do. What should that be? All right, let's think about this. A mm. Flannel Graph Records. Love it or leave it. <laughs> uh, well, our slogan is Oops All Hits. That's great. You know, people, I get cards and letters all the time. Mm-hmm. Hey, where's that slogan come from? Should we, should we tell the people? <laughs> Speaking of prayer breakfast, <laughs> that was suggested as uh, a prayer breakfast uh, full-length album title. Oops All Hits. I think by me, and it was rejected. I loved it. So we, uh, I just took it for the record label. But it comes from the Phil Elvram comic where it's like a picture of a watermelon three watermelons and it's seeded watermelon seedless watermelon and then oops all seeds <laughs> which is a takeoff of uh, Captain Crunch's crunch berries oops all berries so that's how <laughs> that's how uh that's how things happen. Dang, I can't believe that mystery's finally yeah. been solved. There you go. So, that brings us to the actual tagline of the, the sign-off for the podcast. We'll see you... Maybe, how about this? <laughs> how about this? Uh, you should have a Twitter war, mm. a flame war. Yeah. A Twitter battle. Have people tweet at Flannel Graph Records... Flannel Graph USA. Flannel Graph USA is tweet the at yeah. at this is the at sign. Yeah, at symbol Flannel Graph USA, with what you think should going forward here mm-hmm. from this pilot, this rough hewn pilot, uh, going forward, what you think the Flannel Graph Records podcast sign off tagline ought to be. That's a great idea, Mike. That's why you're the co-host <laughs> this week. We'll see what happens next week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll see you again. We'll see you another time. Oh, I like that. (laughs) We'll. Hmm. Yeah, that's why we need people to tweet us. Tweet us a good sign. Well, that was that. (laughs) It's not bad. Uh huh. Well, that's the end of the podcast. And then that could just end right there. What about, welp, this? <laughs> it's like the real life version of a thing you would write on the internet. Uh, we'll just say this. Uh-huh. <laughs>
Yeah, I don't like that. Oh, yeah, me either. What else were we talking about you don't like earlier? Oh, Friendsgiving. Uh, yeah. That word, Friendsgiving. Or just putting together two words. Bad portmanteau. That's what I hate. But uh, Friendsgiving is at the top of my list. For things, mm-hmm. if so, I hear someone say that, oh boy, <laughs> I want to do unspeakable things to them. You know what else drives us crazy? It's that new touch uh, Coke machine. Touch the screen. Don't get me started on that. Disgusting. It's such a disaster. Giant step back. Every single time I've used it, it's been grimy and gross. There's been a line, 10 people long, of people yelling at each other because everyone's taking too long to use it because it takes forever to use. You've got 10 of these runny-nosed hillbilly kids with their sh- shirt neck all stretched out. Their, their noses are just running. They've got like a snot streak from where yeah. they wiped their nose with their hand. And then they just they sort of waddle up to the to this machine and then slap their snotty finger uh-huh. against it. It's like Turner and Hooch. Like <laughs> they start yeah. picking out the suicide drink that they want, uh, and then they change their mind. They don't know how to work it, and they put their gigantic soda container in the thing mm-hmm. and then smash the button. And you have to touch that thing right after them before you eat your food. Yeah. In the olden days, back in back in our day, mm-hmm. you only had to touch your cup, mm-hmm. which had previously been sheathed mm-hmm. by a different cup, never touched by man. Then, you you just holding your own cup that only you've touched. Yeah, you tip it against a lever that never gets touched by a human hand, and fill up your soda, disease free, snot free. Yeah, no Zika, no nothing. And now look at what we've done. We think technology is bringing us into the 21st century, but we're really mm-hmm. headed, you know, with the way this country's headed, back to the Stone Age. Yeah. Oh, boy. Rock yep. the vote. <laughs> well, what's something that doesn't drive you crazy, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> what's in on a nice, a nice, uh, nice pleasant note? Oh, sure. Oh, man. You got a new tattoo today. I got tattooed today. You know, if you had told me a couple years ago that uh, old Mike Adams would have not only one but two tattoos on his body, I'd say, eh, didn't expect that, but all right. (laughs) (laughs) And now he has two. Describe what we're seeing here. It's it's a uh, fishing pole that has been run over. By a remote control car. <laughs> That's what Owen thought it was when I saw the picture of it. <laughs> Our friend Owen Ashworth. And I think uh, I'm just going to go with that. Yeah, and that's what I'm going to start I can saying see that, that it it's is. Like a, it's basically a Rorschach? Rorschach. It's a Rorschach test. I see Boom Boom Washington. No, I see uh, I see a dragonfly. Hmm. No, I see a uh, clothesline. No. No, tell us what it is, really. It's planet Earth. It's, uh, it's Voyager. It's the Voyager 1 spacecraft mm-hmm. with uh, the pale blue dot behind it. A mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam. Mm. The us, aggregate baby. of our joy and suffering. Mm. The only home we've ever mm-hmm. known. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll see you another time.
I like that one. We'll see you another time. <laughs>